The following episode is brought to you by Tenba, maker of bags for professional filmmakers and photographers. Tenba, never compromise. Find out more at tenba.com. You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? I'm Brandon. I'm Doug. And we're, well, actually, I'm a filmmaker, but Doug, you're... Uh, I'm a master of whiskey. <laughs> you are the master of whiskey. What a, what a crazy title. Yeah, man. So, cool. uh, so today is a special day. We are, we are in the podcast here at Studio B Sound Images. Doug has come up from Louisville, right? Yeah. The heart of bourbon itself. And he is with uh, Bullet... Bullet Bourbon and all of their brands, and you are actually titled the Master of Whiskey. Yeah, I am. I'm one of we have a we have a great team of masters of whiskey, but I am uh, yes, I am a master of whiskey. This so. is the craziest thing ever. It's great. So uh, Alex is actually uh, out today. He uh, was traveling back to Chicago to see his pops, his uh, his grandpa. So, um, but in his place, we've replaced with a Master of Whiskey, which is awesome. Hey, and I'm happy to uh, fill so we're so excited. So today we actually have for all you listening in, we have. Four different types of bourbon from the Bullet line. Now, they might have more, but today what we have is we have the classic Frontier Whiskey. We have the Bullet Rye, which you're, you guys are probably uh, familiar with out there. And some of you, though, these might be newer to you. There's the 10-year, uh, age 10-year Frontier Whiskey. And then lastly, the barrel strength, or is it also considered the cask strength is that what's the difference there let's yeah well i mean barrel cask so okay. two words for the same thing basically okay. but yeah barrel strength is how we like to uh how we like to advertise it out there just because it invokes the right feeling for it okay. for us and uh and it's just what it says when we start talking about it it's about it's about that proof level being uh the same as it is right in the barrel before we pull it out all right cool well i'll tell you what today's gonna be a lot of fun we've had other people on the show from other bourbon brands we've heard the story of bourbon you guys know if you're listeners you know that bourbon doesn't have to come from kentucky it just has to be 51 percent corn mash it has to be in the united states it has to be aged in a single oak barrel Am I right? That's right. Okay, so it. those are the criteria. So those of the, those out there that say it has to be in Kentucky, you're technically wrong, although some of the greatest bourbons come from Kentucky. That's right. But there are also some great bourbons out of Kentucky. Yeah, you can do it anywhere in the U.S., yeah, you know, so, as long as you follow all those guidelines. Okay, awesome. So the thing that's going to be really exciting about today's show is I want Doug to help all of us amateur bourbon filmmakers to feel more confident with how do we talk about bourbon. How do we drink bourbon? How do we understand what we're tasting? How do we breathe it in? How do we, you know, get the nodes, all that stuff that you see in, in the in the magazines and the movies? And I'm tired of feeling like a schmuck, <laughs> you know? Um, and okay. so uh, just to give you guys all a little bit of background, I first met Doug. I was invited uh, to go down to the uh, Blade & Bow event in Louisville during the, the Oaks or the Kentucky Derby. And uh, they put on this great event. There was a, a food, there was a tent, there was a live band. And Doug was there curating this tasting of the Blade & Bow 22-year mm -hmm. and that special 24-year, right. which only the group there that night got the taste. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did such a great job of helping us understand this sort of thing. So, um, so let's just jump into it here. Let's okay. start with the classic. Everyone's had the Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Okay. So let's talk me through it from the pour to the sip. All right. Well, I mean, first, I think really 
confidence is all you need when it comes to ordering bourbon. You know what I mean? You talk about being able to just have the swagger. As long as you know that's what you want and that's how you want to drink it, order it that way. That's my number one rule when it comes okay. to drinking whiskey, is that as long as you know that that's how you like it, don't let anyone tell you anything okay. otherwise. So t- today we're, we're trying everything uh, neat, just straight up, no ice. We want to really taste the flavors. Yeah. So you've poured us a little bit here. So what's the first thing I want to do when I'm tasting a bourbon? Well, the first thing you want to do when you're tasting the bourbon is know what you just ordered. right? Okay. So we just ordered the bullet bourbon. Okay. Right? So you're going to know... Or I'm going to tell you right now, right. right? When Bullet is is known for the fact that it's an iconic mash bill, so it's a very okay. high rye content mash, okay. Which is why it's such a great bourbon for like classic cocktails and things like that. Right. It's used so well because when you say that at least 51 percent corn, most bourbons are much higher, right? So yep. we're we're talking two thirds corn to one third rye in the mash. Gotcha. So over 25 percent. For sure. We're looking at, really, it's it's upwards of about 28%, 68, 28 is what we're looking at for that. Now, from a flavor standpoint, what is that aspect, that that mash bill, what is it doing to the flavor? Is it is that what's producing the sweetness or less sweetness? Talk exactly. about that. Exactly. So, I mean, when you think about what you're ordering, if you think about the mash first off, whether it's a bourbon versus other whiskeys, whatever it is, if you know what it's made from, what that source of fermentable sugar, that grain is, you're going to get an idea of what the flavor is going to be. So, okay. high corn content bourbons in general, think cornbread. A little okay. bit sweeter in flavor, nice. creamier where if you're going to order a rye whiskey or something with a lot of rye in it, think rye bread. Okay. Real easy, you know you're going to get dryness, spiciness, earthiness, yeah. maybe a little bit of a floral nose to it. All that okay. stuff is coming into it. So when you have something like Bullet Bourbon where you still have a lot of corn, but you know that you've got a lot of rye in that mash, you know you're going to have a much spicier quality. It's going to be way on that far end of the spectrum in bourbons, whereas right. not a sweeter bourbon, but definitely a spicier, drier uh, bourbon on the spectrum. Okay. Now, what about the aging on this particular uh, expression, the Bullet Bourbon Frontier Standard? How long is it aged? Is it does it ever switch barrels? Talk about that. Yeah. So with Bullet Bourbon, we're looking at a five to seven year old age range on okay. that. All right. And um, it's it's a bourbon that is crafted to have this specific flavor profile, which is why we have a range of barrels that we'll pull from. It's not just one age. It's not a single barrel. We're pulling from a range because what's most important is that mash bill and that flavor profile that you're getting from it. Right. So it's also 90 proof, which is a great proof level for cocktails or just to be able to appreciate sure. neat like we're going to do. So let's talk about the uh, – let's let's keep with understanding the flavor. Mm-hmm. The aging in the barrel yeah. is doing what's the flavor? Because the minimum is 36 months. Is that right? For well, it mid- to be officially bourbon or no? No. So okay. that's the thing. When you're talking about bourbon, you have to start to like evaluate that label overall. So a straight bourbon versus a bourbon. A bourbon has to be aged in a new oak container. It doesn't right. even actually say cask in the okay. in the regulations. New oak container. That has to be, it just has to touch it. You could basically distill it, carry it in a wooden charred oak bucket across and pour it into a barrel and be bourbon. Gotcha. Spend some time okay. in there. But as far as straight bourbons, you start to have regulations on how long they have to be. Where sure. It has to be at least two years in those new charred American oak barrels. Gotcha. Um, and that still could be a container. It's just everybody uses barrels for a lot right. of different reasons. And then there's the bonded, right. which and is it, which is un, it's the government held, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you start to have even more regulation on that. And that also is going to be 100 proof where we're, go- we're looking at 90 proof okay. here. So. So, so in the in the barrel, the time that it sits in the barrel affects the flavor profile. 100%. In, in what way? So if the, if the mash bill is more about sweetness and spiciness, right. the barrel length is going to is going to give us what in the in the flavor. So the more time it spends with the barrel, the more it's going to interact with the the 
composition of the of the, of the wood, wood itself, okay. right? So, oak is is comprised of, of basically you know cellulose, hemicellulose, all these all these compounds within the oak that are pulling in all sorts of flavors. So when you think about what oak is doing, it's about vanilla. It's about tannin. It's mm-hmm. about all these things that are pulling out of the oak. And the is, longer it has to, to interact with the actual heart of the wood, the more it's going to pull that into the, sure. into the whiskey itself. So you start to you get to that. Now, would you say that it becomes woody well, at some point or smoky? At some point it will. And that's, that's the art of making a good bourbon is the idea of knowing when to pull it out of the barrel because you don't gotcha. want the barrel to overpower all the work you did in the distillery beforehand. Gotcha. And that's a big part. So of you've got the mash bill, you've got the yeast that went into the in- initial mix. You got right. all that going in the liquid. You've got the barrel. It's aged. You finally pull it out. Right. So now we're at the place where we pour it in the glass. So what are we looking at? And then let's take me through. What's the best way for me to really appreciate a drink? Yeah, sure. So the first thing you're going to do, and even though we're you know we're we're on just on uh, radio here, we've got you've got the idea that it is. You can look at the color. Yeah, and First it's a and nice foremost. sort of caramely caramel yeah. golden to amber is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. All of that color is coming from the barrel. If anyone has ever had the opportunity to go to a distillery yeah. and you see like White Dog, New Make Spirit, it's all clear. You know, it could be vodka for all you know when it's sitting in the right. glass. Besides, when you smell it, but all this beautiful color that everyone knows for bourbon is coming out of the barrel, and it's giving you structure. Right. So. After you look at the color, that after you have sight, it's going to be smell is next. Okay. You know, now there's a big thing about smell is that you have to realize that smelling a high proof spirit like this at 90 proof is not like smelling a wine or a beer. You know, sure. where you're able to get aromas, but you can really access them because the alcohol level is so low. Um, when you have it this high, you're going to have a lot of alcohol vapor that's coming off the top of the glass, sure. and that could burn your palate pretty much. So you want to make sure that when you're nosing it, I always keep my mouth open when you're breathing in through your nose. It's okay. allowing you to ventilate a little bit and really access a lot of those those aromas coming Okay, so glass. mouth open, like like how wide? Are we talking like eat the glass <laughs> wide or just, a, just, just enough? Just a crack. Just a crack. Just it's enough. Just, just kind of okay, open yeah, it up I just a little bit to to really, as you're breathing yeah. in, you're yeah, allowing it to there's something happening there, yeah. Right. And the last thing you want to do is allow the alcohol to overpower your sense of smell because smell is such an important part of taste overall sure. that you can just kind of kill the experience to start. Okay. So once we get the, the little breathe in, right. then you take the sip? Right. After you get the aromas and you start to smell some of that sweetness, for me, you know, I get a little bit of a spice coming off this, but a lot of it's yeah. still about that corn. I yeah, get this like sweet and caramel yeah. kind of nose coming right off the top and then you taste it. But when you take a sip, the first one, I always say, because this is my first whiskey of the day. Yeah. You know, it may be yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, here on Filmmakers <laughs> Drinking Bourbon, we're we're always one or two deep. <laughs> but it's uh, you want to acclimate your palate. So the okay. first one, you're getting that shock of all that alcohol still. So you want to take one sip, go ahead and swallow that one. And then on that second one, you'll be able to keep it in your mouth a little bit longer and go ahead to get it all over your tongue to be able to appreciate that flavor right. and savor right. a little let's, bit more. Let's try it. Here we, we got to cheers first. Cheers. All right. Here we go. So that first one, you still get a lot of flavor, yeah. but you get the shock, right? Sure. Immediately you get that 90, that high proof burn. spirit is going to come through. Now you start to get acclimated. Now, does the proof affect what I would call to, is that what I'm calling the burn factor? Yeah. So the higher the proof, the more I feel the burn. Right. For, okay. for, for the most part, and I think it's really on your tongue itself, and it's almost, again, what you're getting through your olfactory. So the idea that you're still getting a lot of those alcohol vapors that are coming yeah. through all through there. And then um, you start you start to feel it trail a little. Yeah, you feel yeah. it trail, but Warm I think that finish, 
sometimes is is attributed to high proof when when other times it can be impurities in the whiskey. Oh, so okay. you know what I mean. A very smooth whiskey that's still very high in proof shouldn't have that like a real chest heavy, burn. Yeah, real heavy. It's going to happen in the back of your palate, but it's not going to continue on, and that's where you get those like smooth finished sure. whiskeys that are still high proof, yeah. just made very so well. So potentially some plastic bottle. Experiences could have a little more burn factor. Could have more burn factor, yeah. Than, yeah, which you might like. A, right. Some somebody might want that. You know, if that's what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are the, into that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, th- this is great. I, I really think. Um, let's just you know, anything else in this specific with the frontier whiskey that mm-hmm. you would, if you were curating, you'd say, you know, you know, you know, look for this, taste this. So you mentioned the vanilla. You mentioned some of that. Is there anything else that's in there? I mean, any secret recipes you can divulge at this point? <laughs> well, for me, it's. This bullet bourbon is the perfect balance between that sweetness, right? The corn, you get a little bit of that kind of sugary sweetness. You get that vanilla. But right in the middle of my palate, immediately, I get dryness that comes right through. And that is why I love to be able to take something like bullet bourbon and apply it to classic cocktails that a lot of times call for rye. And I think that's what, you know, I can attribute and we can say is a lot of the success of this brand is the fact that it was it's so applicable to so many different types of drinks that are very popular right now and you know you can order a bullet bourbon manhattan and it's going to be dry enough to hold up to the vermouth to the bitters everything you're putting into that into that drink you're going to be able to have it there and it's going to be the right building block wonderful excellent well uh i want to encourage everybody listening or if you're on the slack group if you're tuning in uh chime in if you have any questions for doug along the way uh we'll, we'll happy to uh, answer those so um, I think the the guy somebody chimed in uh, said your his volume's a little low, so maybe maybe just get a little. No, I think it's a it's more of a proximity issue. Just make uh, sure you're a little. A little there bit you go. There you go. All, All right. right. So uh, so guys, if you want to chime in, feel free to chime in, and we'll uh, we'll try to get to your questions uh, cool. as we go through. All right. Well, yeah, great. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to finish this guy off here and enjoy this one. All right. If you guys are uh, n- as long as you're at home and you're uh, you're not you're not driving or anything like that, we encourage you to to sip along with us. Man, that's that's just good. The thing I love about the the classic Frontier Bullet is it it's got enough. It's just a good like a good pour. You know what I mean? Like you don't need much. You know, no. I mean maybe if you want to throw some rocks in it, but other than that, it's got that sort of sweet. It's almost like um, you know a lot. Some people who want that sweetness will go for an old fashioned, right? But Bullet, you can almost just pour it straight up and you get you know it doesn't taste like an old-fashioned but you get some of those attributes of that sweet sort of cocktail sort of oh yeah you get the balance and that's what i mean cocktails are all about balancing flavor and the great thing about a whiskey like this is is that it has that balance right there the the rye and the corn balance so well in the glass just to start off now i would say adding a little water is always a nice thing to do Um, it brings it down to whatever proof level you want it to be. Sure. And so, you know, we've we put this in the bottle at, at 90 proof, but if you want to just add a little bit of water to open it up, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. A couple rocks, it just brings down the proof level a little bit, makes it a little more accessible, sippable, all yeah. that kind of stuff. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to cleanse the palate here with a little bit of water, and then I, I'm going to... I'm going to propose we move to the rye because I want to do this sort of as a challenge. Okay. Uh, I've heard a lot of people have had this argument, you know, you, no, no one can really taste the difference between rye and bourbon. There's sort of oh, the, yeah. the rye versus bourbon debate. <laughs> is there any, is that an ongoing debate you hear with the enthusiast of, you know, why is, you know, bourbon got real hot, but now it seems like rye is becoming popular. Talk yeah. about the difference. You in, know, I think it's, I think, I mean, I wouldn't put it as a challenge. I think for me, it's what I want to use it for or what I'm in the mood for. I mean, the great thing about Bullet Bourbon is that it was, and even for me personally, it was my gateway into rye whiskey. 
You know, rye is, rye is a category and a type of whiskey that sometimes is a little hard to take. I mean, it's aggressive. Um, that's what that spice is really doing to it. Um, and that grain really gives you that very spicy, very upfront aggression. Mm-hmm. And um, bullet bourbons that kind of step into that category, and then you continue on. So I can see how you can get similarities between these two. But for the category yeah. overall, I think they're very separate. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can apply what I've learned. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna yeah. talk this through, and then you kind of like tell me how well I did. Okay. All right. So right now we've got the rye. I'm looking at it. It looks a little lighter in color to me, to mm-hmm. be honest. I don't yeah. know if that's if that's a good assumption or not. I think it's great. It looks I mean, a little lighter in color, not quite as rich and caramely as the as the Frontier whiskey. Yeah. Um and. I might be stretching here a little bit, but it it, it appears maybe a little thinner. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, I think doing, you know, swirling around the glass a little bit, you can see um, there's a possibility that it's, it is a little bit thinner, but uh, that's actually the first time I've heard it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with you. All right. All right. So I'm (laughs) kind of, I'm kind of taking it up a notch here. All right. So I'm going to breathe this in. Immediately you get, you get it more spicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No doubt about it. There's, and for me, it's almost like there's a a little bit of a, a floral quality to it, even mm-hmm. even above and beyond. The sweetness isn't there as much, yeah. which is almost like that creamy sweetness yeah. isn't there as much. So I think there's more spice. It's a little bit thinner in the aroma, but in a really good way. It definitely has more of what I would call burn factor. Mm-hmm. I feel is that because of the spiciness? I would assume one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I like to, uh, in a and very- I can taste the dryness. There's a more. <laughs> It's because I'm used to drinking bourbon. Obviously, we have right. a podcast that's about bourbon. Yeah. So I normally drink bourbon, and immediately this puts me in that place of like, um, like a scotch. Okay. You know, that's more yep. dry, like yep. more of a you know, when you drink a Jameson or any of the Glenfiddich, it's got a different experience. You know, oh, one hundred percent. And it's the grain. I mean, yeah. that's definitely the fact that the lack of corn is giving you a completely different mouthfeel. Yeah. Right off the bat, you get this dryness that lingers a whole lot longer with the rye. Now, I usually like to describe in a very loving way, because I love rye whiskey, that drinking rye is kind of like drinking a punch in the face. Because <laughs> it's very upfront aggressive. It hits your palate and it yeah. stays right there. Yeah. Um, and then you can continue to let it linger afterwards. Now, is this particular one, is it aged? How is it aged? What's the What are the rules on it? We have no, like, we don't, we talk about bourbon here on the show. We don't know what the rules are for rye. Right. Is there rules? Yeah, there are. So the federal government lays out the same. Basically, it's 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 the same type of rules for bourbon whiskey as it is. So so a straight bourbon whiskey versus straight rye. But you're basically substituting rye as the grain in for all of those factors. So is it still fifty one percent? It's still fifty at, at least fifty one percent rye. This is ninety five percent rye. And most most ryes you find out there, especially what we see today, yeah. is high rye content rye. So you're looking at 95%, 90%, very much higher because you do want to separate them out yeah. from the bourbon category and really highlight and accentuate those those flavors. And, and how long is that one stored? Is it aged as long? or So the our rye is actually the age range on our rye is about four to six years instead of the five to seven year range. So slightly different, but it's still over. there's overlap. So you can see that that like five, six range is a really good range for our whiskeys. And I think it... it um, it brings out the right amount of oak influence. Okay, um, so it sounds to me like, and, and maybe until we get in, you know, we'll we'll move to the ten year next. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a lot of people, you know, they're always like, oh, it's you know, it's it's this twenty five, twenty eight, thirty year. It's you know, oh, it's been aged forever. Like, is there some mythology to that? Is it is it not always better if it's older? Definitely not. Especially with bourbon. I mean, you you also have to consider a lot of people think of that because of the Scotch whiskey and single malt Scotch. Uh, market in general. So you think to yourself, okay, 
Um, I see a 25-year-old scotch. Well, you have to realize that that 25-year-old label on that bottle is actually saying the oldest whiskey that goes into that bottle is 25 years old. When it comes to bourbon and and the federal government regulations for bourbons, the youngest whiskey in the bottle is what you have to put on the label. So if we're going to put that bullet 10 years, we get to that. That's the youngest whiskey that goes in when, when in in fact, you're actually looking at a 10 to 12-year-old range as far as what goes in there. All right. So on the 10-year... Is this liquid, and I guess this is the question I've always wondered, is this the same liquid as the Frontier bourbon, but just aged longer? Exactly. Is that, the, is that how it works? That's how it works. That's how it works for us. Okay. You know, we, we have uh, basically all we're letting this is we're letting some of the bourbons that are selected sure. out there um, rest a little bit longer. Gotcha. Be, so when it, comes, when it comes out of the pot and it's the clear liquid, you guys use copper? Yeah, copper, um, copper still. So. so when it comes out of the still and it's clear, liquid, right? That's the liquid. That's and the then liquid. based on the 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 barrels and the aging and all of that stuff, that's going to determine everything else. Right. So we're using all the same whiskeys as far as what what is being aged and laid down, and when it when it goes into the barrel, it can be and become whether it's the bullet ten year. Or the bullet bourbon itself. Um, it's just about it's about monitoring it and seeing what we think the these the influence of the oak is happening sure. to the whiskey and where we're going to apply it down the road. Now, is all of this made at the the distillery down in in Louisville, or where do you guys age all of this stuff at? So for bullet bourbon, we are we are in the process. We've almost finished actually a brand new bullet distilling company distillery out in Shelby Shelby County in Kentucky. Okay. So we're really excited. That's about down that. by uh, is that by Jim Beam. Shelby uh, County? Shelby County. Uh, no, Beam is actually going to be south of Louisville, okay, where Shelby yeah. is going to be going uh, east, okay. back east. Gotcha. So um, it's going to be off of six, the 64 corridor yeah. instead of the 75 corridor. So um, the Bullet Distilling Company will be up and running here hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and then everything for Bullet that goes in the bottle will be made there. Now, currently, we're, we've got contractual um, sources in which we we purchase and then bottle, we age, we purchase, age right now at the Stitzelweller yeah. Uh, distillery down in, in Shively, Kentucky. Right. And we also have our bottling line there. So we age and bottle in Louisville or in Shively, um, but everything is contractually sourced. Gotcha. Yeah, so this one, you know, looks, again, very similar to the Frontier Whiskey. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, for me, it's a little bit darker, and you can definitely see it when yeah. you, you put the bottles yeah, next the to bottles. each other as opposed to a little bit in glass. And, again, back to that's more of a sweetness. It's a mm-hmm. little more subtle. Yep. It's almost like um, – you know, to me, if I'm introducing somebody to whiskey for the first time, I'm not going with a rye. That right. could put them off. It's oh, a yeah. little harsh. 100%. And this is a little smoother. So let's try this. Oh. Now, I I feel like I taste more of the wood. 100%. You should. I definitely taste more of the, the, the barrel, whatever it is. And I, I would describe it almost as smoky. Is yeah. that a is that a good description? It's a good that, description. It's a description because the barrels are charred, right? It's, yeah, charred barrels. So you do have that influence. A lot of that char is actually so. What it's doing is it's pulling wood sugars out to the surface. So you get a sweetness that comes through from the charred barrels as well. But I think smoky is a good description with bourbon. It's just always confused with the same smoky terminology that people apply to scotch, uh, which okay. is so different. Totally different, yeah. Totally different. And so that's the only reason sometimes I hesitate using yeah. smoky is because people are going to think peat smoke. They're yeah. going to think scotch whiskey. But there is. There's a there's a, 
almost that charred mm-hmm. grittiness that comes off of spending more time in the barrel, more interaction with the oak. Um, there's also more structure there. So, I mean, yeah. you usually... What do you, you've said the word structure a couple times. Right. What do you mean by that? Well, so there's two things for me that really influence whiskey for structure. It's mouthfeel is what I'm talking about. So, like, the fact that it coats your mouth on a, on a larger scale. And it's coming from the alcohol level, the proof, gives you, giving you astringency. It's also coming from the tannin, the same, same kind of tannin that we talk about when we talk about wine. You're talking about that, that astringency that comes out, that dryness. Mm-hmm. But for me, that adds more access to the flavor because it does coat your full palate. And it sits there longer. You're able to taste more. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely it lingers and has a nice little mm-hmm. deal. So that so now let's just let's let's pause for a minute. At this point, what what are we as far as you guys positioned in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the frontier is definitely accessible, right? You, it's not oh, yeah. the the cheapest on the market, but it's not this you know seventy dollar a bottle. It's you know where are you guys priced at now with the bullet. Um, so, you know, I look at national averages as far as, you know, I don't like to quote, you know, Mm -hmm. market to market, but you're looking at probably, you know, you can find the bullet bourbon, um, on the shelf for, you know, 32 99, sometimes a little bit lower than that, but it's, it's, it's right around that low 30 range, high 20 if it's on sale. Right. Which I would, which I would call accessible. I mean, most people can, you know, you know, for me, so I'm, you know, um, I typically am like, oh, I don't, you know, once once you get over that fifty dollars, there's something for me about fifty dollars where it's mm-hmm. like, man, that's like, that's a benchmark. In yeah, the, in the there's bourbon yeah, world. there's like, I mean, that's a fifty. Like, I'm spending sixty five dollars. Like, this needs to be good. Yeah, you know, like uh, I on a consumed. Yeah, item. I'm not, you know, Mister Moneybags. You know, I don't think a lot of people are in America. You <laughs> no, know? so yeah. so I think that that's great that you guys offer that now. What is the is that similar with the rye? The rye, you know, typically you find it for maybe a couple dollars more yeah. on the shelf. You know, now is that for you guys? Is that by design, strategic to kind of like, you well, know, win in the marketplace? And and who do you guys view as sort of your competitors? Are you guys are you going up against more of like the household names of like the makers and the beams? Are you guys trying to compete against you know a higher end or? I think I, mean, I think makers makers is is probably in that realm as far as that kind of premium whiskey category. I mean, right. it's a it's a name everybody knows, so it's a very easy benchmark um, to kind of apply ourselves against. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's the flavor profile is so different. I, I always I hate to try to compare. Right. Besides price, because yeah. of the fact that. They, I mean, Maker's Mark's usually my benchmark to say it's the other end of the spectrum. If you want that, they, they use wheat in their yeah. mash bill instead. I mean, if you want that lighter style, sweeter bourbons, that's mm-hmm. that's the direction you're going to go. And um, for Bullet, if you want that drier, spicier quality to it, you're going to go you're going to go towards us. And that's yeah. why I say it's like on the other end of the spectrum. Now, as far as spectrum, where does the ten year fall in? I, because it ages longer, is that now? more premium is it valuable is it is can you correlate the age of a bourbon or a whiskey to a price point yeah for sure i mean think about it just as simple as the the rent basically that that bottle is paying to sit okay. is sit in the warehouse so the, there's the, some economics there yeah the cost to to store it longer is is going to affect the price so older bourbons are almost always going to be more expensive but it's also because the quality level should be increasing if you're releasing it at the right age statement for sure. for your product so i mean the bullet 10 year old is is more expensive you're looking closer to the $50 range sure um, and that has a lot to do with the fact that it's you know it's there's more care taken into how long it's staying in that barrel, aging and coming becoming of age, if you will, sure. to, to come out in that bottle. Now, let's get into this barrel strength. I'm excited. I've never had 
the barrels. I've actually never had the ten year. That was really good. Um, let's talk about this barrel strength. What what's unique about that? Why is this stuff? It looks like it's marketed to kind of have a, you know, a little kick, a little punch to oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? It's well, like kind of hardcore. Yeah. I mean, everything about this bottle is is unique in the fact that, I mean, it's still the iconic Frontier Whiskey bullet bourbon bottle that people know, that kind of yeah. old Frontier medicine-style bottle. But uh, with that black label, it kind of pops out. And the fact that you read right on the label, and this is, as, as far as tips, this is one of the other things I always recommend people do is... You know, if you're at a bar or if you're at a liquor store, look at the label, read it, read what's going on because yeah. we're going to tell you. You know, one of the greatest things about labeling laws is that you can't lie in the label. You have to right. tell the truth, right? <laughs> so we're putting on there uncut, limited bottling. You know right away that this is, we're taking more care into it. Limited bottling. This is only going to be around for so long, and right now this is only available in the state of Kentucky. Wow, the only place you can. So buy we're it. we're on a we're on a hot a hot deal here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So luckily we're we're really close to. The state of Kentucky, right? Yeah. Now. Well, you guys are uh, have been so kind to to allow us to to try this stuff and send us the the samples. All right. So this is this is going to have a little more kick to it, for sure. Okay. So I mean, when you think about it, before we drink it, uncut, yeah. right? So basically, what this is this is bullet bourbon. Yep. The, that frontier whiskey that we tasted first, but when we when we take it out of the barrel. We're not cutting it with water afterwards. So we're dumping all those barrels, and that's what that uncut is. So typically, to get it down to 90 proof, you're adding water, which right. is why it's always kind of a fallacy for people to say, don't add water to your whiskey. Yeah, you're going to you, ruin it. because they already do. Yeah, we've already added water at least three times in the process before yeah. it got to you. Um, but so uncut means we're not cutting it back down, and that's why we've got a higher proof level on this yeah. on this than uh, and then that 90 proof. I mean, the bullet 10-year was 91.2. And when you look at this one here for the bullet um, barrel strength, you're looking at 119.4. Sure. So we're we're beyond 100. percent Beyond. This 100%. is like an A plus. It's like a B. Uh, whatever's beyond an A plus. Right. Right. Well, so when you think about proof levels, you have to re- you have to cut that in half to look at what the actual percent of alcohol by volume is. So 119 proof, and I you know I always have to look back down here because I'm terrible at math, which is why I work yeah, in whiskey. Me too. Uh, 59.7. Okay. Right. That's going to be the alcohol by volume in this bottle. That's how much actual alcohol is in here. Sure. Um, but. Over 100 proof, I mean, that's over 50%. You're looking at a very high amount of alcohol. But this comes back to that structure, astringency, giving us yeah. more access to all the flavors. This is just punching up all the flavor that we love about the Bullet Bourbon yeah. in this bottle. Well, it's definitely, from a look, it's darker. Right. So that's that's obvious. Yeah, just, I mean, um, you think... And gonna... I, I think I'm noticing thickness. And I yeah. know yeah, I maybe know. I'm operating at a higher level here, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to get the next Master Whiskey uh, yeah, title. Yeah, maybe because, you know, my, my medium is visual as a filmmaker, but I feel like this one is is thicker and uh, I can notice it. Well, I would definitely agree with that for this one because you think about you're cutting water back. So the viscosity of, of the spirit is going to reduce from yeah. from the bullet bourbons here. So just thinking about reducing the spirit down to 90 proof versus yeah. this 119 you are going to cut it. So that's, I would 100% agree right. for this one on that. Well, let's, let's get in. Let's try let's this try it. Oh, yeah. Wow. You can. <laughs> it's, so, it's an evolution yeah. of the, of the so, face you make. Absolutely. You so this one, if you're, if you're listening, you know, this, this bourbon has such a structure, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's, it's Good got, a, word, got a strength to it that, not only do you get the flavor, but you get the power. Mm-hmm. Like it really, you get the full weight of it. Yeah, it's it just it lingers everywhere wow. in your mouth. 
You know, I mean, sure. when you taste this, it's just it's present. It's very much there, and um, it just accentuates everything. This yeah. is I love. I mean, I love this whiskey. That's great. It's great. And so it's, so let's talk at this point. Let's yeah. talk pairings. Okay. What so we've got these four great expressions. We've got the the standard frontier bourbon. We've got the rye. We've got the ten year, and we've got the the barrel strength. When when is it best to drink these? Like when like when you're recommending for someone, hey, you know, you've got these in your arsenal, right? What are the times where you're like, you know what, tonight's more of a barrel night versus oh, tonight I'm going to have the the frontier. Man, that really stays it in the stays, back of your right? neck. Yeah, back of your throat. It's just there. It sits for a while. Um, well, with the bullet bourbon, I think the classic for me with that is, I mean, it makes some classic cocktails very very well. Um, this is that would be my everyday bourbon. You know what I mean? This is going to yep. be this is going to be the one I, I grab, you know, at least 3 out of every 5 times that I'm going for yeah. a bottle. I think would be the bullet bourbon because it's got the right balance. Um you can mix it really really well whether yeah. you're doing a Manhattan or old what, fashioned or an old fashioned. Yep. Or really for me like right now in the summertime things like ginger, ginger beer, a little bit of lemon, kind of like a Kentucky box style. Yeah. That is it's it really just the sweetness of of bourbons with a little bit of spice that accentuates with something yeah. like ginger beer. That's that's what I go for. You know, we've been making at the house recently. The uh have you had a Kentucky mimosa? No. <clears throat> oh man. So I'm going to I'm going if you're listening, you guys got to try this. So okay. over 4th of July, I found this recipe and it's basically a bourbon mimosa. Okay. So you go uh you go off the top of my head, it's like a, a third cup of water with a third cup of sugar. You make a simple syrup, right? And you get that to a boil. Then you throw in like six sage leaves, and you seep for about five minutes. It brings in some of that minty freshness sort of okay. feel to it. In while you're making the syrup, once the syrup is done boiling, you turn it off boil. Okay. Set it aside. Seep with the lid on. Five minutes. Pull the sage leaves out. Now you have your simple syrup. You take that, you pour that into a pitcher. Now you add like a third cup of club soda. You add a third cup of, uh, or a cup of orange juice. Okay. And a third cup to a cup, how strong you want it, bourbon. Mix it up. Okay. Pour on ice. Delicious. It is unbelievably delicious. It's better than any mimosa I've ever had. My wife is not even really a bourbon drinker. She doesn't really, you know, if I hand her one of these, especially the barrel strength or even the frontier, she would just be like, whoa, that's overwhelming. Yeah. She couldn't get enough. She was like, keep it coming. Nice. It's It's smooth, but you can taste the bourbon, but there's that morning freshness of the of the OJ, and, it, and then that simple syrup gives it this little bit of this, like, mystical, minty, and then just a little of that club soda. Ah, it's effervescent. Nice. It's okay. good. All right, I it's got my good. Sunday drink. Yeah, you got to try it. I'll, I'll try it one. this Sunday. That sounds yeah, it's, great. It's good. So it's fantastic. Uh, so you got your everyday sipper. What about the rye? At so what the, point are you like, man? We got to go rye. Well, you know that's that's kind of a it's you know it's always kind of a constant struggle because I do really love the dryness of rye, but that is going to be when I want to do you know um, classic drinks. I actually really like like a Boulevardier with rye. Okay. Um, or some of those other kind of boozy stirred cocktails. That's going to be my order. That's that's typically my order out too. Okay. So where the bullet bourbon home, 
You know what I mean? This is what I'm going to go for. I know that whoever I'm entertaining with is going to love it. Uh, the bullet rye is usually what I'm going to go for. You know, it's actually the number one called for rye in the U.S. right now. Sure. You know, so, I mean, that's what I'm going to go for when I'm out in the market yeah. and I'm, I'm out at a good bar. And speaking of market and out at bars, you guys have seemed to have captured this sort of like hipster moment. <laughs> a bullet and a beer. I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing. Uh, anyone in their 20s to 30s, I mean... You know, used to in the day, it was Maker's Mark or it was some of these other more, you know, been around forever, Beam and, you know, whatever. But anymore, Bullet is kind of like just rolls off the tongue. It's yeah. become very popular with a younger audience. Is there a re- what's the reason behind that? Well, you know, I I would attribute that a lot to the fact that, you know, when Tom Bullet started this brand, it was all about him. He was an entrepreneur that went out on his own um, when he decided to leave his law practice and uh, was basically knocking on doors. And he and his, his main focus was what he called his partners in chemistry. It was the bartenders. Mm-hmm. And really going to them and getting them and talking to them and, and becoming like connected with them in order to get them to appreciate appreciate the product for what it was. And I think that really is transferred into a crowd that is, you know, you look at the the younger, the hipster crowd, whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, uh, you know, they appreciate that quality level of drinks when you go out. And when they go out, they want like two really good cocktails yeah. instead of four yeah, yeah. cocktails. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going for for a quality level and that's what's what's available. And it's I think it's yeah. because it's it's been adopted by uh by the trade. Yeah, the and there's and there's nothing worse than going to like a B level bar that just splashes in club soda and makes just a watered down, nasty old fashioned. You're right. just like, come on. You know? Yeah, you know, if you're going to order an old-fashioned, you want to know yeah, that you, you want got to, the right ingredients. And if it's a special drink, you want it to be special. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we we just had a guy uh, chime in, Brian Wilcox. He's one of our listeners. He's on the Slack channel. He says, speaking of cocktails, I've done a really good bullet rye drink. Two ounces bullet rye, one ounce fresh OJ, teaspoon of fresh honey, three drops Angarosa bitters, and a twig of rosemary. Oh, wow. Nice. Stepping we'll, it up. We'll call that the Wilcox. There we go. Pour you a Wilcox. <laughs> so... Um, so sounds that great. sounds good. Now, what about the ten years? Is that is that like a, that's like your yeah. special occasion okay. for me? You know what I mean? So that's bring what I'm it gonna out. Be, yeah, well, it's like all right. You know what? After dinner, um, sit down and relax. You know, you pour yourself maybe like one ice cube with sure. a ten year old. That's like that's that occasion. You're not going to pull this yeah. out for everybody. Hey, when you have the right moment. It's that moment where you just close the deal exactly with your business, or you you know you bought a new car, you're pregnant, whatever it is, right. and you're like tonight it's the ten year. <laughs> We're going for ten year tonight. Nice, exactly, awesome, exactly. cool. And then what about the barrel strength? The barrel strength is that is... like bachelor party? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I mean the, the barrel strength for me. I mean this is the. Um, I mean, a lot of people are calling for it in bars and putting them, putting them in drinks. But for me, it's like the connoisseur's like go-to. It's like, oh, you want to chase something really special. Not that it's special occasion, but sure. you know someone that's going to appreciate the quality level and yeah. the um, that higher proof. Not everyone that yeah. you have over, you're going to be like, hey, you want to try this 119 proof? Sure. They're going to be like, ooh. But the right person that comes over, it's like, I'm, you know. Yeah, like, it's like you come over. We're gonna drink barrel yeah, strength. Yeah, it's like beer drinkers who like hops. Right. They really they want to <laughs> feel it, live it, breathe it, and they want to be in the hops right. and want to drink their beer to have a punch. To whereas the occasional beer drinkers like, give me a bush light. Right. You know, like I'm here to watch <laughs> the game. Give me the bush light. Right. Uh, same way. You know, if you really want to enjoy that, uh, you know, if you're a social uh, bourbon drinker, it's give me an old fashioned light on the bourbon you know right. if you're if you're not used to it and then to whereas with the with the barrel strength like 
you got to know what you're getting into. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be overwhelmed. You have to know what, what you're appreciating. And like you said, what was the first reaction you had? You're like, whoa. Yeah. There's a big difference yeah. between those. And that proof level just really hops up and it'll give yeah. you a really big difference. So I'm getting back into the tenure here <laughs> because that was really good. So, well, I'll tell you what, man, this has been really interesting. A lot of fun to talk about the ins and outs of, of bourbon, how to drink it, how to pour it. Is there any other tips, any other things our listeners, you know, again, we're, you know, mainly, you know, uh, amateurs at this sort of deal. If somebody's wanting to kind of take the next step in sort of their uh, appreciation for bourbon, any publications, any books, any other spirits that are interesting or any other expressions that are out there that they might want to try to experience? Are there, are there bourbon clubs? Are there, what, what else yeah. do you know that we need to know? I mean, I think it's it really the best place and the, one of the best resources for anyone, even if you don't have the income to really like start purchasing a bunch of books, go to classes, uh, join clubs, um, your whiskey bar or actually, I, I personally think, you know, if you go to one of your, your favorite liquor stores that's like a whiskey-centric shop, you know, your, your whiskey shop, not just your liquor store, yeah. and you start just chatting up yeah. the folks because there's no one better in the, in the that you can have access to that knows their stuff more than a lot of people that really are like take pride. And you know when yeah. you walk into that bar and oh, you yeah. see that whiskey list, you know that the person that cultivated that list is just a diehard fan. Yeah. Having a good conversation with the bartender about... About whiskey, you know, go at four thirty or yeah. five o'clock right in the open. Have a seat at the bar, you know. Start talking to them about it. Even, you know, I think it's great to be open with them and say, "Hey, yeah. listen, I'm not sure what I want. I see you guys have tons of whiskey. Yeah. What do you think we should do here?" And you're going to have such a good conversation with yeah. someone that's just, you know, that that industry. They just they really love what they're what they're doing, and I think that's that's such a good resource. Yeah, it's cool. I, I think it's just been a lot of fun, especially on the show. It it makes for such a great. Um, icebreaker you know and just kind of gets the conversation started oh what are you drinking oh where's Mm -hmm. that made and you know you get the it's there's an art form behind it and there's a culture which is just a lot of fun you know Mm -hmm. but the uh the other thing of course that we talk about here is is filmmaking (laughs) so you know our listeners they're used to hearing you know camera talk film talk that sort of stuff so today's been a special episode for them they're getting a lot more of that bourbon talk but we need to know (laughs) first of all before we set this up a master of whiskey Right. Like this is like this is no joke. Like you you have you're a master. Right. This is great. So speaking as a master of whiskey, what kind of film and TV and what are you watching? That's one of our big questions. What are you watching? Oh man, you know I would say I'm because you got when you're drinking bourbon, you're doing something you're either oh, yeah. around the fire, you're hanging out with the neighbors, or you're watching something. Right, 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 right. You know I am. Uh, it's you know I'm as far as like TV and film, especially TV. I'm one of these like I'm I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to TV, and I'm my wife always gets upset with me because I'm <laughs> I'm this like if if we start a show, whatever it is, recommendation on anyone, it's like I got to go back to the beginning, I gotta start at the beginning, yeah. And she's like, come on, really? It's a sitcom. I was like, no, I don't care. Character yeah. development. I'm going back to the beginning. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, in, in some of my, my all time favorites for, you know, showing my, my nerd dumb as far as TV is like, you know, I'm a huge Lost fan. I've always all been, right. you know what okay. I mean? Uh, Abrams. Yeah. You know, now th- where were you on? How did you feel about the finale of that? Cause a lot of people now here's, I'll confess. I never watched it. Oh yeah. Never watched it. Uh, 
everybody was upset at the end and then uh, i was like i'm not going back to watch this thing so i guess i'm a little lenient you know what i mean i was i was invested enough that just just coming to some sort of end to me was good of course <laughs> i've also you know i'm also a rewatcher okay so i probably watched the season you know when i get and i travel a lot so yeah. like i'm constantly like i want a show that i can dive into yep. for a long period of time when i'm on the road netflix whatever yeah. it is on my ipad on airplanes yeah. so that's a, really, a good one to get into but I mean, I was I was happy with it. I, nice. You know, I had no problems. I, I wasn't one of these like stand up. I'm I'm never watching anything that they do again. Yeah. I'm not, I, no. I think uh, you and Alex are would share that uh, share that same same bit because he he watched it and then just recently like last year he watched it again. The, yeah. He binged it again. Okay. And uh, and he he enjoyed it. So I didn't I haven't seen it. So what any other shows? What other shows have you? Anything that's popped you know, up recently that you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Well, you know what I mean. And th- this is where I guess I'm pretty mainstream on what's super popular right now. I mean, uh, just finally got the courage up, my wife and I, to start watching uh, the 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 previous season of House of Cards, which I'm very happy. Oh, oh, oh so good. Yeah, which is so great. We've got a couple episodes yes. to finish off. Yeah. but um, I'm so, so you, happy. Because, so you haven't watched the newest season. Uh, we're. The one that just launched out, right? They just yeah, had, the one that just finished. We're we're not finished with it. Okay, but we you're into in it. it. Okay, we're in it. You're in it. Which I'm so happy about oh, because wow. the development of this one is is oh, it's getting back to some just things. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, that show from the beginning has really it yeah. grabbed us. Well, and it's and I think too that show pairs so well with bourbon because it's like oh, classy. Yeah. Like I love when when hit him and Claire sit by the window and smoke. Oh yeah, you know, and they just they share these powerful <laughs> moments, you know. And I love when they pour the whiskey. And That's they, it's oh, you it's know, great. there's so many decisions Classic. were made in that show. I think either you know there was I think it was the first season where there was a lot of bourbon in yeah. the first season. Oh and yeah, the, and the and that's you know occasional sitting by the window yeah. having a cigarette and like you, it's resolved. Whatever was yeah, happening yeah. was resolved over that like small moment of whatever they were consuming. Yeah, it, it, that's genius. Spacey's genius. I mean, yeah. it's oh, great, yeah. great stuff. Yeah. What about um, films? What kind of films are you are you into? What type of stuff do you typically you know? Know, like you know, so for one, on this show we have an ongoing debate, okay. the superhero debate. Oh yeah, I hate them. <laughs> I can't stand. I despise them. Okay, uh, Alex is not here to speak up for himself, so he loves them. Well, I can jump and, in for Alex. And he though, really, he really enjoys the the idea of going and just releasing and watching just madness and craziness and cool special effects and and he's he's cool with that. Yeah. I, on the other hand, can't stand it because I'm just like this is not real. Right. So, well, so for me, where are you at? So for me, it's um, I'm I'd be in, a, in Alex's camp. All right, for that. camp Alex. Because right. like, for example, um, I ended up staying up last night. Didn't realize what I was getting myself into, but I stayed up last night and finally watched the Superman versus Batman movie. Oh Just no! Finally watched it. <laughs> didn't real didn't realize what I was getting myself into, and like you know, an hour in, I'm like, wow, there's still two hours left. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, I was like, geez. But um, I'm I'm in the same idea that I do like to get kind of lost in something, yeah. and that's where like as, I guess sci-fi, fantasy, all these kind of things. I do enough with work that I like to shut off of yeah. of, of watching something and, and watching a film. That's like I can be in a different world. It's the same thing with books sure. for me. It's like I want to be transported away from everything in reality yeah. and be in something yeah. else and allow someone else's world to take over. I will say I do uh, I do make an exception for Nolan's Batman. Yeah. That's my exception because I don't think it's, it's really us. I don't really think it's a superhero movie, but you know. Well, my only my one problem though is that the 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 reboot culture is is getting to the point where it's like I haven't even had a time to completely fully digest the last person's character. Yeah, and you're already making me compare them to somebody else. Right. That's the that is the hardest part. Yeah. You know, but I guess I I still break down. 
there's my my line that I draw is whether I'm going to see it in the theater or whether I'm going to wait till sure. I can consume it at right. home. Yeah, that's like my line. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm upset with them doing this. I'm still going to watch it at home. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to the theater to watch it. What about what about indie flicks? You into any of the small smaller films? Some of the ones that are you know hard to come by and maybe you don't quite know about, but you hear about and then it's, you discover it's amazing. Yeah, you know, um, I was more before I had three kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, job and kids, I, I definitely got into a more um, where I would really seek and find. And I'm, you know, as a good example, my wife and I just finally got out to go see a movie for the first time in a yeah. long time. We've got, we just had twins not too long ago. Like our house is chaos, <laughs> and um, we were like, let's go to a movie. Last minute decision, yeah. and we went. At, we actually went out and saw uh, the Lobster. Oh yeah, we, we were talking about that. I think last last episode. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, did had you know it was my wife's recommendation. I hadn't seen a thing on it. Sure. Um, it was, and that was one of those things where it was like, we went to it, we stayed through the whole thing. It was a really, I mean, it was definitely, I mean, for me, it had all the makings of something great and I loved the characters, but at the end of it, I was like, I just really don't know what to say about this when I walk out of this movie theater. I, I have no words to say, and I'm not sure if it's a good thing, but yeah. I just have no words that I can put to what I just watched. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We'll have to, uh. I'll have to check that one out. That's the that's one we'll have to talk about. It seems like it's catching some buzz. I uh we watched with my family so I've got a uh two kids. I got a thirteen year old and a seven year old. Okay. And um my wife. And so over the weekend, um I said, Hey guys, let's you know watch a movie and, and they're like, well, What are we gonna watch? And so I pulled up a movie that's been on my list that I've been wanting to see. Eddie the Eagle. Do you I don't uh, know how right. old you are, but Eddie the Eagle uh was a ski jumper in the eighty eight Olympics at Calgary. Right. And I remember it. Yeah, I remember this quirky, nerdy little guy who was a ski jumper. He wasn't great, but he was in the Olympics. And uh, Hugh Jackman's in the film. Mm-hmm. He's his coach. And it's this great, quirky little indie film. The music is great. A lot of Hall & Oates. Oh, really? Uh, nice. 80s sort of, uh, sort of wardrobe attire and jumpsuits and stuff. And, nice. And it's just a fun, little, quirky film. My kids loved it. They, really? they Yeah. They're, you know, okay. even a seven-year-old, he held his attention and he really, because it shows him as a kid. You know, it opens up and the, the main character is Eddie the Eagle as a kid. So it's a little okay. kid. It's real sort of funny and cute. And he's wanting to be an Olympiad, but he's not really athletic. And you follow his story all the way to the Calgary Olympics, and he's oh, jumping nice. the ninety meter, you know, ski jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's awesome. Okay. It's really good. I highly recommend it. A lot of fun. But those are the the films for me that are magic because you know they weren't made with tons of money, right? And really, what the reason I think those films are so great to me is because it's the story that carries them. Right. It's the story. It has to be the story because they just don't have the money to do all this sort of extra stuff. So it's the story and it's the acting. And a lot of time you get these actors that you've never heard of. Yeah. And so the guy who plays Eddie the Eagle, I'd never heard of. And, and he was great. He was tremendous. You know, and of course you had Hugh Jackman, which everybody right. knows him. But um, but for me, uh, it was it was great. So we watched that. And then what about documentary? Are you into documentary at all? Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, like I said, the amount of times that I actually get to sit down and end up watching, like seeing a new movie, I haven't seen a lot. I've got a lot. I feel like there's a lot on a list of, of movies, that yeah. uh, documentaries that I need to see. Yeah. And I always, what I, with documentaries, I always end up watching trailers for them yeah. and like getting excited about them. But then when it like decision when it come, time, yeah, like crunch time comes, you're like, oh, dude, that's something to talk about. Yeah. Crunch time. So mm-hmm. like, there's so many choices. Yeah. So, you know, as a as a connoisseur, I mean, you know, you're 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 the person, you know, so from the bourbon angle, you're the guy who creates the bourbon for us to enjoy. Right. From the filmmaking angle, you're the audience that we're making films for. Yeah. So when you're there, like, 
How do you do? De- you know, is it do you do you and your wife have a a system of picking what you're going to watch, or do you go with oh. your gut? Like sometimes I will stay up for hours just flipping through and oh, watching yeah. trailers. I'll do that too, and my wife gets so pissed at me for doing that. <laughs> It's like, come on, let's just pick something. And I'm like, well, wait, no, let's watch one more trailer. Yeah. Let's just see. Hold on. Which do you want to pick? Yeah. I used to have this, and this was like the college days kind of scenario. I used to have this great system. If you had like four or five people sitting in a room, and you're like, all right, what are we going to watch? Right. We used to do this elimination where everybody had to like pick two movies. You'd put them in a pot, and then like each person would get to eliminate one until you got down yeah. to the last one. And whatever that was, just by turn, that's what we had to watch. I yeah. need to start bringing that back. But yeah, once my kids get in. involved, yeah, yeah. it's mainly Pixar and Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. And then like three movies that me or my wife pick that we know is still going to have content for that. Right, right, right. So. so one of the things we do in my neighborhood is every now and again we have movie nights out in the driveway. Nice. And uh, we'll, we'll throw it up on the, on, the drive, on the garage door. And so our next – so the first one we did was Annie. Okay. Classic. Right, yeah. Hard Knock Life. You can't yeah. – I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> So, but we're really pulling out the stops for this next one. And so my neighbor, JP, who he's actually going to be on the show next week. This guy is, he's a one of a kind, for, for, first of all. He still watches VHS. His nice. dad gives, is a big movie lover. He'll, he'll, his dad will give him a box of VHS tapes and say, here's your next sort of, here's the next movies you need to watch. And so at lunchtime, he goes through and he, he's, his goal wow. is to watch 100 movies this year. Wow. And he's already at 50. So it's nice. it's crazy. So anyway, JP's a good friend of mine. So we decided the next big movie night, and I don't. We'll see. How old are you? Are you in your? I'm. I'll be thirty five 30, in okay, August. Thirty five. So. so you might remember this. There was a movie back in the day called Breaking, Breaking, and Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. Do you remember these? <laughs> no. Okay. So but these I'm are intrigued. these are breakdance movies from the eighties. Oh, awesome. Okay, birthed out of the seventies, early hip hop movement into the eighties. Um, and so we're gonna have a double feature, Breaking. And break into Electric Boogaloo. And these are just completely about breakdancing. They're amazing. The outfits are amazing. The music is awesome. I mean, it's yeah. all like... And they're like, hey, man, watch my moves. And it's just like awesome. breakdancing. It's awesome. Parachute pants, the whole deal. Yeah. And then once the kids, we're going to put them inside uh, to bed or whatever it is they, you know, whatever they're doing, the kids in the neighborhood... And then the late showing is Warriors. Have you ever seen Warriors? Warriors. It's about, it's like 70s gangs in New York. And there's like the classic scene where the guy's got the bottles and he's clinking his fingers. And he's like, Warriors, come out to play. And it's like, it's like the New York Bronx gang versus the Chiefs. And they all have like different gangs and they like fight. Oh, I, you got to see this. I, I, okay, see now this is. I need you a got, list. Yeah. I need a list. You, so you got to see those movies. They're okay. phenomenal. If you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, then I think you're gonna. You might want to come <laughs> over to my neighborhood because it's gonna be awesome. Uh, nice. Couple guys on the Slack channel. They've thrown out. Uh, Tom Terrific, who always listens to the show, he's watching Doctor Who. You ever watch any of that? You know, I've I've tried to, but the thing about that is, it's like, where do I start? Do I do I yeah. go all the way to the beginning? Because I know there's always know, that kind of tough. like evolution of that show. I'm always intrigued, yeah. but I haven't like I need someone to tell me how to how to get started. Yeah. with Yeah, and then the other thing they were throwing out is uh, Chef's Table. Have you seen any of that on Netflix? I haven't. I yet. think you would like that. Okay, uh, Chef's Table is it's about they pick one chef and they do like a mini 45 minute documentary. Okay, but it's shot beautifully, like a like it's gorgeous. It's shot like just very high end and and beautiful. So this season two, the one chef is from Chicago, and he really experiments with 
taking food to a different level. One of the things he's done nice. is he's he's filled sugar with helium and serves it as a balloon for a dessert. Oh, nice. Okay. Really cool stuff. Very cool. Uh, he's been, you know, on the best, you know, uh, best chefs in the world list, whatever, but his story is amazing. He ends up getting cancer. He loses all of his taste buds. Oh, wow. He regains them. It's an unbelievable roller coaster ride really? of this guy's life. Okay. He's amazing. So you got to check table. out Chef's Table on okay. Netflix. It's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would so, definitely get into that. It's good. So, uh, well, what about anything? You know, the other thing we talk about here is, you know, we always talk about what are you watching? What are you working on? What are you excited about? So, what what are you working on right now? Is there anything that you you're you're doing? Are you on a tour? Are you you know talking about what do you do as a master of bourbon? <laughs> you know, like what's your what's your shtick? Yeah, you know, I mean, right now uh, it's it's about you know I'm living in Louisville. I travel a lot, so um, I do I do a lot of you know I did a lot of like the Blade and Bow parties yeah. and and launches for that in in cities as well as then you know one of the big things that that we do is educating bartenders yeah. and then consumers. So I'm spending a lot of time in, in Kentucky right now focused on, you know, making sure people are educated on Bullet and really about the yeah. barrel strength coming out. So that's about like trying to, you know, do as many seminars and classes sure. as we can. Really so you're like a brand that. ambassador. Yeah, that's who, exactly Who goes right. around and, you know, gets people, you know, the knowledge they need, get them excited, you know, yep. bring a little, you know, a little romanticism to the experience. Yeah, like. well, and for us it's, it's really about making sure that education is the foundation for like people appreciating the whiskey. So bringing the right level of education, kind of to, you know sitting down with you yeah. and talking about how to taste, you know, and yeah. then going through the differences between bourbon and rye, and then like you know bringing in Scotch whiskey or bringing in and talking about how this category affects everything else, and then how right. it's you know how to make drinks or how to kind of how to order it. All these things are a big part of of educating consumers, and then. It's about just going and, and being able to talk to bartenders and give them the right amount of information for uh, so that they feel confident when, just like I recommended, you can go out, right. anyone that's listening to the show goes out to the bartender and like, hey, tell me more about the whiskeys you have. They have to feel like they've got the right amount of information, and I want them to have the right information. Yeah, well, so. that's, that's great. And what about as far as what you're excited about? Is there anything we like? We like to feel like <laughs> filmmakers drinking bourbon brings our listeners exclusive content. Okay. So, is there anything in the hopper? Any teases towards what you guys might be working on in the lab? Anything you're you're experimenting with? Well, you know, right now the biggest thing is this barrel strength. Because, it's all about I mean, the barrel strength. It's all about barrel strength, and it's about it's about uh, the Bullet Distilling Company in Shelby. So, I mean, those two yeah. things are the things to be really excited about for this. Now, right in now. Shelby, is that a place where the listeners are going to be able to come visit, or is it just strictly where you're making it? So it's where we're making it. Um, I mean, even though there's a lot of, if you want to come visit for for Bullet Bourbon, the Bullet Experience at the Stitzelwella Distillery is yeah. where to go. That's an official stop on the Bourbon Trail. It's in Shively. You were out there. Yeah, right? it's so, beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Come out. You could take the tour. Tom Bullet's office is right there. You can get educated. You do a tasting. Um, that is our experience. So in, yeah. in a sense, that's our that is our visitor center uh, for Bullet Bourbon. Yeah, and um, and those of you listening, because you guys are from all over out there, it's worth the trip. If you are into bourbon. Come to Louisville. Um, you can make that your hub, and uh, you know, get a hotel, and then you you hop in the car and you you hit the trail, and you can go to all these distilleries, all the major ones, everything from Beam to Four Roses to uh, Heaven Hill to Makers Bullet. 
they're all there and you do they still do the passport yep there's a little passport where you go to each place and you can get it stamped and you know you get like a free cup or a t-shirt at the end of it yeah it's like a t-shirt but um yeah so i've done it it's yeah. a lot of fun i actually did it on motorcycle with my nice. father-in-law it was a lot, nice. well we weren't drinking a lot but we right we enjoyed the beautiful countryside oh yeah horses and just and then the the cool part i always tell people is the smell because you're going along from you know distillery to distillery, and there's this great smell from the from the storehouses, and it's just it's a lot of fun. So yeah. if you if you ever thought about it, definitely make it happen. It's a, you know you could do it in a weekend, fly in, rent a car, do the drive, do the trail. Um, you don't have to even hit them all, but definitely stop by the Bullet One. They've got a really cool experience there. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun and, and really unique culture. If you can do it uh, anytime when they're running the ponies, then that's a bonus. Right. So that's 100%. always cool. Yeah. Now, now, speaking of the Derby, that was pretty wild for you guys, right? Like, that's always a big event. You guys oh, are- yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's such an important event for Louisville yeah. overall. And then, you know, what goes better than, than horse racing and, and bourbon, I think. Yeah, so, I think it's kind of you know, born, born from Kentucky, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's always a big week. Um, there's so many such tourism that comes through. It's such so many people just flooding into Louisville, yeah. flooding into Kentucky, all ordering bourbon. You know, what I mean, what's cooler than and coming to a state and coming to Louisville, and you're basically your local. Whether it's you know other cities, it's like oh, you got to try this craft beer, yeah, because they're, they're a beer town. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, you go to you go to Louisville, and it's like all right, well, what bourbons can I get here that I can't get anywhere else? Yeah. You know, that's what everyone's looking for, which is which is why it's so great that right now we're we're able to have this bullet barrel strength and have it just be available just in the state of Kentucky because it's one of these things you got to come down yeah come see it's a good thing yeah Yeah. well I'll tell you what it's been so much fun chatting with you but before we we wrap up today I do want to share with you uh, our friends at Tenba are making these awesome camera bags so so on the filmmaking side of things we always have a partner this month's partner uh, on the bourbon side is Bullet you guys are are, we're drinking all these bourbons today we've actually had them all loving them Um, and uh, next week we'll we'll probably pick one of the remaining ones uh, and and finish that bottle off because it's so tasty. Um, but our film partner is Tenba, and they make bags for filmmakers, cameras, lenses, that whole sort of thing. Nice. And we talked to Peter last week, and I asked him, I said I had this great idea. I said, um, I said, you know, we work with a lot of bourbon brands, and a lot of times they're shipping us, you know, sample bottles or whatever, and they're just wrapped in this bubble wrap, and they're in these cardboard boxes. He makes these bags to keep cameras safe. And I'm like... Nice. We need bourbon bags. Right. So, you 100%. know what I mean? So, but if you look at this bag right here, this is the one that we're giving away. We have a giveaway for the month of July. Look at that bag. Tell me you couldn't put in a couple bottles and, oh, that's you know what I'm saying? Transport that's safely. That's an ambassador bag right that's there. What that's what I'm what saying. That's I mean, exactly it. You can fit everything you need in there from your, your bar Absolutely. tools to the whole deal. Of bourbon. Yeah. So, so, if, so if you are interested, uh, this month, always enter to win the FDB giveaway. You know how to do it. Holler at, at Timba Bags, at FDB Podcast. Use the hashtag FDB Giveaway. You can enter to win this sweet HDSLR bag. Or if you're a bourbon enthusiast, my guess is you could probably get your bar tools and, you know, the whole line of bullet bourbon in that bag. Uh, I think would be great. So um, if you guys are wanting to connect with Bullet, you can reach out to them on Twitter at BulletUSA. Is that right? That's right. And for those of you, make sure you spell it right. It's B-U-L-L-E-I-T. So it's not like the weapon. Um, so it's a little different. Uh, make sure, connect with them. You guys always have cool stuff on your feed. Any, yeah. any other ways they can connect with you guys? Um, you know what I mean? Visiting our website, connecting with us on social at BulletUSA, I think is is great. Um and then you know, come see us. I think it's the best thing to do too. Is is find a find a reason to come to Kentucky. 
Definitely. Well, we appreciate you guys out there listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been bourbon heavy, bullet heavy. I tell you what, this episode to me is definitely a barrel strength episode full of all the knowledge you need. And I hope that uh, this weekend when you're out and about, if you're going out on the town, when you go to order bourbon, keep some of these things in mind. I think, you know, those around you will realize that maybe you're less of an amateur and more of a professional. So uh, thanks so much for listening. And thanks so much, Doug, for being on the show, man. Of course. Thank you. And as we always say on the show, uh, cheers. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.